You're listening to the Safford Library Book Jockeys, where you'll learn about us, programs, and you guessed it, books. Hi there, it's Elizabeth, the Early Literacy Coordinator at the Safford Library, and I'm joined by none other than... Victoria Silva. I'm the Library Director at the Safford City Graham County Library. Did I not say that? No, you did a Safford Library. You shortened it this time. Oh, I... You know, normally I shorten it. Normally I shorten it. It's fine. Fine. Okay. Well, we want to give a little disclaimer first for anybody out there listening who might be listening in earshot of children or adults who are still deeply steeped in the magic of Christmas because we're going to be talking about the big man from up north. So just be advised. Okay, Victoria. Yes. I think that when I retire someday, more specifically, when my husband Jeff retires someday, I think that he and I in December should have a side hustle and he should be Santa and I should be Mrs. Claus. You have so many side hustles. <laughs> this one I feel like to stand on. It does have legs to stand on, but is Jeff on board with this? I'm not sure. He doesn't, you know, he's very introverted, but then I can be Mrs. Claus, like doing cloud like, control yeah. and bringing the kids up and. I mean, look, look at, look at the float. You know, you could, you could do parades, you know, and then at that point you don't have to have any children that like, come around. Right you're just waving. You're just waving. You're just waving. You're just doing the wave. Yeah. That's I, it. I think, I think it'd be great. And the thing of it is you just have to like, okay, I've been watching Santa's and Santa will, you know, he has to remember that when he's seated, he needs to extend his leg for the kid to come up Correct. and then you bend it up. Well, yes. We, we've got kids. Jeff knows. <laughs> and then you do, what do you want for Christmas? Yes. That and you and great. Have you been a, have you been a good, good little boy, boy or a good little girl boy. this year? Yeah. That sounds great. And just have a listen. Merry Christmas. Yeah. He's very good at listening. Exactly. I think, think this is a winner. Well, and we could invest in some quality garb, you know? You yeah, know, because we're chintzy. Well, no, you're going to have to have that dry clean every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to have to be, and you have to have a dry clean consistently because you're going to get a lot of use out of it. Well, and you know, by the time, and this is like way down the road, but by the time we retire, the present Santas <laughs> in our community will not be doing that anymore. <laughs> There is going to be a gap in the market and we're going to, we're going to fill it. We're going to, we, we can do it. You know, we'll meet that market need. You're planning something that's like how many years down the line? I don't know that 20. I don't know. That's what I do. Sorry. You, just the fact that you I'm decided. I'm not wrong though. All the current Santas, there's going to be a gap in the market I, and we'll be ready. You'll be ready. I'll is, be ready. Will Jeff be ready? I don't know. I can handle all the bookings. Well, you would you handle know? that anyway. Yeah. yeah, I think that kind of goes without saying. You would handle he the has a beard. <laughs> he can grow a very nice beard. He just have to grow it out maybe a little bit longer. Right. right. He doesn't. Some some gentlemen choose to have like a really long beard to try to be like Coca Cola Santa. Correct. But I mean, mid nineties, uh, Richard Attenborough Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I still don't was, know the reference. You've said that multiple times. Well, his was neatly trimmed. Okay. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, you've been you've been talking about this for the last like two weeks. I'm not even kidding. This... Well, even if and we can learn, you know, Feliz Navidad, you know, Joie Noel. If we happen to be around a French person, um, we can we can <laughs> we can we'll learn some basic <laughs> some basic phrases. I'm um, falling out of my chair. How much thought you uh, actually put into this? I mean. Anyways, I think it's a sound, well, you sound know what? business deal. Honestly, you've been talking about this since last year. We talked about this around Christmas time last year, and you brought it up again this year. And this year, you, this year, the fact that you used the phrasing, we've cornered, the, we'll have a 
corner on the market. We will have a corner on the market. I'm calling dibs for any of our listeners who are mid-career right now. I'm calling dibs. You're calling dibs 20 years from now. I don't think that, I don't think dibs goes that far. Dibs does not go that far. It's like shotgun. You have to be with inside of the vehicle in order to call shotgun. And most importantly, you've got to talk to Jeff and see if he actually wants to do this. That means you've got 20 years to convince him. Yeah, that's right. I'm just saying, if there's a market to be cornered, we can make it happen. He, Jeff, and I both enjoy eating cookies. Do you do any baking? No, I have not had time. Not even for the Friends of the Library bake sale? No. um, Come on. No, you don't want me baking. No, I'm not a great baker, but I know that you uh, and some of our staff members baked for the Friends bake sale. I baked, so I baked peanut butter bars, and then later the same week, I baked peanut butter bars for the bake sale. Earlier in the week, that's what it was. Earlier in the week, I made the same recipe for our coworker, Leslie, for her birthday. Mm-hmm. So I made peanut butter bars, which are beloved in my home, two batches within days of each other. And my family was not allowed to have either batch. <laughs> I had to console them like, it's okay. I'm going to be making them multiple times this month. We're going to be, we're going to be okay, folks. It's um, our once a year bake sale. Our friends of the library does that. And it's home. It's home bakers that donate um, their baked goods and they sell them the day we have our holiday open house. And this year we made $973. Record, record number. By far our record number. Our previous, the friend's previous record was close to 600. It was 973. We got the official count when we're recording, right before we started recording. That's incredible. Thank you to all the bakers who contributed and to all the people who came to the library to buy fantastic baked goods. Which includes staff. We looked there several times a day. And this year they brought recipes so that we yes. can add those to the um, the biblio board. board. And one of the one of the batches, at least one of the batches, I noticed because it was a family recipe. They put like, yeah. a photo of the person whose recipe it was. Yep, yep, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I love that because it's baked any kind of baked goods. It's bread. It was pies. It was fudge. It was <laughs> somebody who baked a focaccia is going to have to bring more next year. <laughs> we brought that up really quick. <laughs> library staff bought the loaf of focaccia. <laughs> It was really good. <laughs> somebody came for the focaccia. <laughs> Did somebody come for it? Somebody came for it. Because they wanted to, they, they, like a birdie, little birdie told them there was going to be a focaccia. Oh, no, we saw that first. We, we, we got it. So that, that baker, whoever you are, it was a hit. Bring more. <laughs> Next year, I think um, they're going to be asked to make three smaller loaves or something because that was a popular item. Yeah, staff was eyeing that from the day before when it was brought. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Good times. Good yes. Times. We're talking about programs now in the podcast, and we're joined by our assistant library director, Leslie Talley. Leslie, we've been we've had a case of the giggles today. Oh no! So hope you're ready for us. I'm carrying more of a Krampus energy today. So <laughs> I got to pull it together, ladies. Okay. <laughs> We did a really awesome challenge for 2023. Would you like to tell us a, a little bit more about it to the listeners? Um, yes, we're talking about the Get Booked Challenge, and this was actually our second year. So it was something that we started in 2022, and the tagline for that is Life is Better Fully Booked. So it's just a list of 24 suggested book challenges that we asked the public to get involved in. Read a book every month to go with one of these challenges. Or two a month in that case. Or two a month, yes. Yeah, I guess to be entered in the drawing, you do the first 12. And so if you do the first 12 and by the end of the the calendar year, you've handed in your your list, then there's a drawing. And then if you're an overachiever, uh, then there's another 12 optional challenges as well. 
question. Mm -hmm. If you've read a total of like five, I'm guessing you don't get to be in the book challenge. There'll be no prize for you. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually impressed that you read five books. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, were they all Bridgerton? Because in that no, case, I'm no. only counting one. No, <laughs> okay. no, no. I have two others that I read this year. Very nice. All right. Well, one was a reread, though. That's okay. Isn't that one of the? Is that one of the categories? Actually, it is number sixteen. Reread a favorite. Yeah. Was it a favorite that you read? Yeah, it was Jane Austen's Persuasion. That was I, out of all the Jane Austen books, that's my favorite one. Plus, it's the shortest, and it's was it the shortest? It is the shortest. It's like 160 pages, and it was her last published work, and it's talking about Anne Elliot down a marriage proposal from Frederick Wentworth and how they kind of find each other again later in life. It was actually a really good one. Did you read that because of the book challenge or you just stumbled upon Jane Austen? It's actually, I have all of Jane Austen's novels and that's just my favorite one. So I read it occasionally. It's a quick read. 160 pages and for Jane Austen, it's pretty short. I think it's her more well-developed book um, compared to uh, Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so I'm going to upset some list, potentially some listeners. Are you saying that Jane Austen rambles on otherwise? She does at times, yes. No. She has a lot of things to say. Have I you not? I know, I haven't. No. Oh, you haven't read any of her books? Uh, I've read some Pride and Prejudice, and it was, it was at the time of reading, I think it was too, I think the reading level was too high for me at the time of reading when I was 14. Yeah. I, was like, I can't keep track of these people. What's happening? Yeah, I read him more when I was in my 20s, so I think that was better time to read him. Anyway, okay, so... the good, the bad, and the ugly, what are we starting yep. with? We're not going to, definitely not going to talk about all 24 of each of our reads, but was there something that stuck out, or in a good way, bad way, in between? Just, I'm looking at my list, and there I am were too. some that were, have turned into just favorite. Recently, I've discovered Taylor Dinkins' read, so I read oh. One True Loves for this one. I chose that one for... 24. Number 24, an element in the title or on the cover. There's pictures of water on the cover. Maybe that's, 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 an element. <laughs> that's an element. My element on the cover is water as well. Oh, there we go. But I have just fallen in love with all of the books from her that I've read because her character development is so fully fleshed out. And you just She really... did the Seven Wives of Evelyn Hugo? Um, Seven, Seven Husbands, Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, yes. Sorry. Another just fantastic okay. read. Yeah, so that one is a standout for me from this. It also gave me a chance to go back and visit an old favorite. So for the reread of favorite, I chose The Lightning Thief by Rick <laughs> Riordan. And then which one of yours was kind of like your, meh, wouldn't go back, but you're glad you kind of at least tried it, I guess. Recently, a friend gave me a poster that's like 100 books to read before you die. And so I chose a couple of these based off of that poster. So I've got... Oh, The Wind in the Willows. It's one I read when I was a kid, and I reread that again, and it's not my favorite, but not my least favorite. It's a classic. The Wind in um, the Willows. Who's the author for that one? Kenneth Graham. Oh, okay. I don't it's know. Frog and Toad. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. It's the, the pacing and stuff. It's like I said, it's not my favorite, but I was at Disneyland recently, and I rode Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and so it was fun to have the context <laughs> of that back in my life. So, that was good. I don't know. Looking at my list, they're all pretty darn good. So, what was one... What was your highlight, Elizabeth? While okay. Elizabeth considers that question, um, <laughs> we both are looking at a list that's a visual list. We've got our book covers um, in miniature of what we read for this challenge. Yeah, we were extra. <laughs> but if you hold ours up side by side, it's pretty funny to see the difference in um, kind of personality of the reader. Here's and how our... the props were interpreted. Yeah, well, that's going to be the case across everybody. But just looking at our pictures, I've got more kind of dark and moody colors I was just on my say book dark covers. And moody. Yeah, and Elizabeth is very pastel and food and yarn and <laughs> bright colors bright colors on hers something just kind of fun to see well a series that i discovered i wound up reading the three books from the series for and it wound up working for three different prompts is the beach street knitting society and yarn club by gil mcneil 
or maybe it's Jill McNeil. So it's with a G, but it's a lady. So maybe it's pronounced Jill. Anyway, there's three books and it's a woman um, who winds up moving to the seaside town in England where her grandmother lives after the unexpected death of her husband. And she rebuilds her life um, for her and her two young sons by running her grandmother. Well, her grandmother retires and uh, running, taking over, I should say, her grandmother's yarn shop. And then, of course, becoming an integral part of this community. And of course, she does. Yeah, I know. I love it. Um, and it was just, I was, I really enjoyed the characters and the sense of place. So that's one I think I'm going to read again. And another one that I'm going to read again. I interpreted this prompt rather broadly. It's a book you meant to read in twenty, meant to read in 2022. So I'm counting it. It's the secret of uh, the secret to happiness by Suzanne Woods Fisher. And it's number two in a series. And um, I'm meant to read it in 2022. Just because it wasn't published yet <laughs> is neither here nor there. It kind of is. But yeah, we've talked about this particular book several times. But it's part of the Cape Cod series. Yes, correct. And um, you had read book one already. Yeah. A woman moves to a new place, in this case with her mom, becomes an integral part of the community. There's a running theme. There's a running theme. If it's not food, it's moving and becoming an <laughs> integral part of the community. So those ones, I, I think I'm just going to read again and again. I really enjoy those. And I'm looking forward to more in the Cape Cod series. Was there one that was, did we, was there one that was really hard for you to fill out? Hmm, let's see. The one I did last was a classic. And that one shouldn't be hard. There's lots of classics out there, but it's the one I kind of just kept pushing to the back, the back and did it last. I wound up reading a graphic novel for my classic. I read Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, a little a modern retelling of Little Women. And I really liked really liked that. I've discovered I like reading, I mean, I think I'm two for two, but that I like reading classic literature reimagined as graphic novels, because at least the, the stories that I'm familiar with, because I like seeing the visual, what the artists do with the original text. What do, are we, are you going to do Get Booked 2024? We are. I don't have the prompts yet. So oh, that darn, actually, I was hoping to get the scoop. Nope. That's on my list for this week. I'll be working with Bailey. She's one of our volunteers and she's a fantastic resource for Reader's mm -hmm. Advisory. So she's worked with me the last two years and coming up with these. Actually, I think that number 24 and element in the title are on the cover was one of Bailey's additions to this year's challenge. That's a pretty unique one. You judge a book by its cover, but it's kind of cool. Because mm -hmm. it forces you to expand a little bit. And that's the whole point of Get Booked is just to get us to read broadly across the <clears throat> collection. Because I definitely tend to go into ruts. I think I read nothing but fantasy for like seven years. Right. I was introduced to Harry Potter and I was done fantasy only <laughs> for a long time. And I finally have branched out again. But it's just a good way to get us thinking outside the box a little bit and to try different books that maybe you wouldn't approach otherwise. Right. Yes. And even though when you look at my visual you know, a little poster of the right. things I read for Get Booked in 2023. Um, you think there might be, certainly there's a, a color palette to many of the books, but I mean, I read YA. I'd have to double check my list of things I've read on Goodreads, but I read YA probably for the first time, a couple books from YA. I've got some junior fiction. Um, usually I'm steeped in royal historical fiction, right. but I only did the one when it has to do with royalty or foreign country or something. And I, I, even though it doesn't, might not seem like it at first, I read quite a variety this year that I might not otherwise. And I was able to discover new authors that I like. Yeah. I'm looking at Leslie's color palette here, and, but they're like, <laughs> but no, that all the books you've been telling me, you know, as you've been reading, going through the prompts, mm -hmm. 
you're giving us feedback and it's really interesting to see the different genres you kind of want you want down an elderly lady is up to no good oh that one was interesting yeah i think the one that took me most out of my usual area is um the one that was a famous author you have avoided. So for that one, I chose Bill O'Reilly's Killing the Mob. Oh, yeah. I'm not a nonfiction reader, but that one was fascinating. So now on my to-read list is Killing the the Witch, the Witches. About yeah, the Salem he, he's got several, yeah. But they're so well-researched, and they're told in a way that feels really narrative. So I didn't get bogged down like I tend to do in nonfiction. So, oh, okay. so that was something I probably wouldn't have done, but this encouraged me to do it, and now I'll be reading more of his. I'm ready, so. I read a James Patterson, um, ex, you know, for famous author you've avoided, except I um, still didn't want to read James Patterson. So I went to JFIC and I read a dog diaries <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was the worst thing I read all year. I see a couple of junior fiction on yours though. So the other one wasn't terrible. Your insignificant events in the life of a cactus. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've one. discussed that before. So yeah, I think we have. Yeah. So it is really oh, fun. Term, yeah. oh, I have a, Oh yeah, Bri- I well I reread Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, that was Bridge to Terabithia was rereading a favorite. It was my favorite novel growing up, and it has probably been at least fifteen years since I'd read it. Wow! So although I know the story, there were some finer details that felt fresh. And it's actually a book that's quite frequently on banned mm-hmm. book lists. It is, and I always wondered why. I didn't understand why growing up, and now having that fifteen-year gap of having read it, I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, I guess I can see why some people's sensibilities might want to ban this book. But boo, banning books! It's an it's an mm-hmm. amazing book. I have an idea. I have an idea for Get Book 2024. It okay. just came to me because one of the prompts was last year's summer reading theme. So next year summer reading theme, mm-hmm. which has to do with adventure and right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Adventure begins at your library. Adventure I begins at your library. Theme. Yep. Yeah. And when, as you were talking, I thought we probably should put read a band book on our list this year as well. Oh yeah. I, I believe that was on 22, but we can visit that one again. There's certainly enough to choose from and sadly an ever growing amount yeah. of those to choose from. Yeah, correct. Well, maybe, you know, if you're listening and you've got an idea for a topic for Get Booked 2024, feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you at sufferedlibrary at gmail.com. You could also send us a little Facebook message Mm -hmm. or how else can they get a hold of us? They can give us a call. They can call the library. They can give us a call. Yeah, just call the library. Stop by the front desk. Stop by the front desk. Find me in Walmart. Yeah, find find us. Yeah. (laughs) Find us outside of our natural I environment. Like, I know, I'm so overcomplicating <laughs> it in my head. And you're like, you, they could call us. You're <laughs> actually pretty easy to find. You are. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Leslie. Uh, I cannot wait for Get Book 2024. Next year, though, I already know, for whatever reason, I got so in my head about finishing Get Booked in time by the end of the calendar year that I front-loaded um, so much in the spring that I was just getting like tired as the year went on. So now I know, like, slow down your pace, Elizabeth. You're fine. You'll 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 get through it. Especially because I also really enjoy listening to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, speaking of audiobooks, I know we've mentioned this before, but listening to an audiobook that is a biography, or, or excuse me, an autobiography, right? And then that person is reading Isn't it. Is narrating it? Oh, yeah, I love it. Okay, thanks, Leslie. All right, thanks. All right, it's that time in the podcast where we talk about books. Now we have already had a rather book heavy <laughs> podcast because we were doing our year end review of Get Booked. Right. Um, but just real quick, 
Is there anything lately that, Victoria, that you read that you'd like our listeners to learn about? Actually, there is. Um, I did read other books other than Bridgerton, like what Leslie stated earlier. Um, it's a book, actually, that we're getting a new copy of, Brain Rules. It's 12 Principles for Surviving and Thriving at Home, Work, and School. It's by John Medina. Um, I actually discovered it from one of our coworkers, Cami, that she uh, listened to one of his uh, presentations, a lecture that he gave, and I really just like how it how it read as far as, I mean, they're basic things like you need exercise, you need sleep, you know, how you need to manage your stress. But then it also goes a lot into memory and how the volatile and how your overall health affects your memory and how your attention matters. And it's just all these small little things to think about as you're continuing to develop your brain and make sure that it's still viable as you age. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That sounds like a good nonfiction read. It's a nonfiction read. Yes, it is. Nice. And that that's going to be hitting the shelf? Probably in the next week or so. So okay. probably by the end of December, it'll be on the shelf, but it's brain rules and he has several, but this, I just like how it, it reads. It reads, um, it's not too technical. Okay. Uh, he gets a little bit in the weeds, but he brings it back pretty quick. Okay. It's um, really accessible. It's accessible. And that's why I like it. So that will be coming, be hidden in the shelves by the end of December. Well, I just use Cloud Library, my Cloud Library account, to listen to The Lost Summers of Newport. There's three authors, Beatrice Williams, Lauren Willig, and Karen White. Um, that's called, Like I said, it's called The Lost Summers of Newport. It actually has, I guess you could say, three timelines. Okay. There's three female protagonists, Ellen in, mm-hmm. the, Gil- in the Gilded Age, 1880s. Wow. Lucky, she's in like 1957, I think, late late 1950s. And um, another character whose name I don't remember, she was my least favorite, but <laughs> she's um, in 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And they're working to not fully restore, but they're, they're working on helping this house in Newport, Connecticut. And so these women are bound to this house and their different timelines. Gotcha. And there's some family secrets that emerge. And what I loved about the writing is that it paints this picture of these, all these events that affect the generations of the family that take parts in the Gilded Age and the 1880s. And what I love is you don't really quite get all the answers for everybody. Right. And they don't, not even all the characters necessarily know all the answers, but you, the reader, because you are the one going to these different points in time. You're like, oh, that's that character. Or, oh, she did that, you know, because <laughs> some of the characters who are young characters in the 1880s timeline, they're old, they're old women in the so, 1950s so interacting does, with younger generations. So each author writes each one of the characters. Is that my understanding? Mm, that I'd have to double check. I'm not quite sure. Oh, so it's just three authors combining to write this con- this novel. This novel. Okay. So I thought it was like three shorter stories that somehow tied themselves together. It's a full-fledged novel. It's a full novel. That's interesting. And I thought I had the end pegged. I thought with all these little clues that right. you get throughout the book, um, I thought I had it pegged what the family secrets were. And they threw another curveball at the end <laughs> that I did not see coming. I loved how how that how that twist happened. That's great. Yeah. So that's interesting, though. It's not often you see authors do that. There's three, and they're they're each strong authors in their own right. Because Karen White's a very strong and well-known author. Beatrice is it Beatrice Williams? Yes. She's also um, a lot of historical fiction. We have several of her books. And then who is the first author? Lauren Willig. Yeah, and she's also a well-known author that writes her own novels. So that's interesting that they combined to write this one novel. With all their different and their writing styles, I believe are fairly different. So that was really interesting. Well, what's great for the 
for the person who performed the audiobook is right. that each timeline is told from the point of view of the protagonist of that timeline. So the the author affected that voice for each of them. You really were engulfed in that world from that character's point of view. That's really cool. And what's really neat is that it just shows how it fe- the, the Gilded Age feels so long ago, but really it's, it's not. not. We're not that many generations away. And generations older than us are even closer to those right. generations and the people that they interacted with when they were young. And so all these people, just the plot lines twist and turn and weave into each other without them even realizing it. And of course, I love a book where it just shows at the heart of it all, we're all really connected we are. as humans. And um, so I loved that. And I especially loved it. I wasn't even maybe putting two and two together. I did notice when I read a little bit of the synopsis to see if it was something I wanted to read, because again, I think I might've just went on cloud library to see what What's audiobooks were yeah. trending. Yeah. yeah. Just to start as a jo- launching off point. I was like, Oh, Gilded Age. I, I'm really into that TV show yeah. right now. <laughs> so that was perfect. And fortunately this time, um, because it was in just this family, some family parties at Newport and very specific dates and, periods of time in these people's lives it wasn't as confusing as when um do you remember like when the gilded age started it was first premiered like a year ago mm-hmm. or so i was reading a book here in the from the library here called our kind of people by carol wallace another fantastic book but that book very closely resembles the world of the gilded age really? in new york okay there's fortunes lost fortunes won mm-hmm. there's one of the main characters he's trying to basically do like the above ground um, rail system okay. in the city, uh, public transportation. Right, right. And I was reading that novel while watching season one of the Gilded Age. And it got to a point where I, I was like, I don't even remember which characters are <laughs> because Mrs. Astor is in both. Oh, okay. Um, like there's references just the same way the TV, yes. the Gilded Age references real people from that period. Right. This unrelated novel set in the same period. Also it was also referencing it. So for some of the minor plot points, I'm like, wait, is that <laughs> what's happening right now? So fortunately, this the particular- last summers of yeah. Newport, I was able to very easily keep straight. Keep them separate from each other. That's yeah, right. it was riveting. And I know it's an audio book, but it was a real page turner. Like I, <laughs> That's why you said that last yeah, like when you were listening. It's a page turner. The end of each chapter makes you want to keep listening. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Because it gets you really, the author will get you really close to answering something, and then it switches to a different time period. Oh, so it switches throughout the book. It's not like this is, this is okay. This is protagonist one, now protagonist two, and then protagonist three. They're interwoven. It's all interwoven, woven to tell the story of essentially of Maybell and what happened to this woman, and how oh, okay. how what happened to this woman, to the character of Maybell impacts the the house and the people in, who inhabit it inhabit it interesting it's fantastic i think i want to listen to it again now that i've listened to the whole thing and then that twist happened i want to listen again to see if if they give it away clue, if there's any clues that i missed and it's not a mystery I, I, when i say clue i don't mean it's a mystery novel but i just want to listen to those details of was there something i missed that they dropped in there that, like yeah throughout the novel to yeah, get you I mean, to that point i would love to i think i'm going to do that after the holidays, maybe after I get through your baking, get through the baking, get through Christmas, get through the wrapping, get through all of it. <laughs> well, this was fantastic. Yeah. Another- I don't know with everything coming up with the holidays. I don't know how much more I have left to give Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, really? 
really excited here at the library. Um, our coworkers are um, busy worker bees getting ready for a new semester of programming. Um, they'll start in Jan they'll start January 8th, the week of January 8th. We'll have okay. our after school program will start again and our full slate of programs will start and now it's it's our planning phase. So our holiday open house was our last fall program. So oh gosh, the holiday open house was it was so, so much energetic. It was great having the community. Yeah, it was really a nice program and I really like how it's evolved over the years. It's not the same open house we used to have, but I think it works really well for where we are now and going forward. Listeners, thanks for hanging in there with us. Tell your friends, tell everybody you know to listen to the Safford Library Book Jockeys podcast. If you've got any questions for us, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to email our email us at safordlibrary at gmail.com. Or as our coworkers said earlier, you give us a phone call. You can just give us a call. And, uh, we won't, we can give your question. Oh, I forgot one more thing, Victoria. What? Okay. Recently, our co like last week recently. Okay. Our coworker Misty. So she has oh yeah yeah very old books in her own personal collection at home. She does like Gilded Age yes books. And so she brought a few of them in to show us. And this is when I was like way deep in the lost summers of right. Newport. And I'm looking at them, and they didn't tell me the dates. They just told me they were really old. Mm -hmm you know, to surprise me on the dates. And I turn the page and there's an inscription in the most beautiful handwriting, mm -hmm. man, handwriting, yes. the most beautiful handwriting about it being gifted to someone. Yep. I think it was a Sunday school teacher, but mm -hmm. one of these books said like 1898. Yes. And it just brought even everything in the lost numbers of Newport full circle for me in that moment, because it's like, here was my real life moment of being connected to that period. Right. I can't, it was, oh, and then there was like gilding. Yep. There on was the cover. It was, and she has, she's found multiples of them and she has there and they're like the old, like when you talk about, um, you read, well, Jane Austen, going back to that, they talk about reading their books and their small, like hand sized books. Yes. These are like those hand size, like small books that they talk about in that time period. What, looking at those books and reading the inscriptions and seeing the date. You're right. I mean, these, it was a powerful moment for me. You never know what you'll find, folks. We were about ready to say goodbye, and then I had that brainstorm. That's fine. Okay. Not really a brainstorm. Light bulb moment. What did I... Excitement. You, you had a eureka light bulb moment. Yeah. You just remembered something. Oh, That's right. we'll keep listening, folks. We're still here. And uh, we'll talk to you more next month. Bye. Bye.